inside. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Commit liftoff. Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, you can call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening listening to the podcast because you missed us live you can also send your questions to facebook and twitter at swat radio talk is the handle that is at swat radio talk well how you like them apples doug i forgot all of my intros and i remembered that straight from memory <laughs> well you've been doing it long enough almost now. a year now. yeah yeah. It, yeah it's been uh in there for a year um uh, you know a lot of people are talking about what happened out in boulder colorado mm-hmm. uh it's all over the news, but what's not on the news, which is surprising to me, they're calling for gun safety laws, yep. which people who do what this guy did, it, it's not going to find a way. Yeah, to, they'll yeah. find a way to, to hurt people. This guy mm-hmm. was obviously uh, had something going on. Um, he was an ISIS sympathizer. A, a Trump hater, ISIS sympathizer and uh, a devout Devout muslim Muslim, they Mm -hmm. said but nobody talks about that not one word anywhere hardly about that Mm -hmm. being sought but instead it's being used as an opportunity to seize control and try to make it more difficult for people uh, because the vast majority of people that own firearms in this country are are people that just want a way to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. If you look in uh, other places in the world, like Venezuela, where they confiscated all the guns, yeah, it, it ended up being a very, very bad thing for that country. Uh, but you know, I I I watched a video, Taylor. Uh, by the way, if you're just tuning in, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. My name's Doug McCary, like Taylor said, and uh, my background is in law enforcement as an FBI agent. Uh, before that, I was a Marine, and I've been a minister of the gospel for the last 26 years. But I always find it uh, interesting to watch, to find information about uh, things that go on like this, just from a, a law enforcement perspective. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was watching I was watching this guy who videoed. He put a video on YouTube that he was there right after the first shots were fired. And he actually videoed people down in the parking lot and videoed a person down in the store who had been shot. He's giving a um, expletive-laced video analysis of what's going on, telling people to get the police there. And he's going, and I I just watched this guy. Now, this, you got to keep in mind, there is three people down from, from gunshots. He knows there's a gun. He doesn't know exactly what's going on. This guy runs around the grocery store looking for people. Mm. I mean, and he he keeps saying, I'm a journalist, I'm a journalist. And he goes around the building. And, you know, he's very fortunate he didn't get killed, yeah. to be honest with you. That guy could have very easily popped out the back door Um and and kill this guy but he's going around videotaping he's talking to people 
uh, saying, are you okay? He goes back around the front. The police roll up on the scene. <laughs> and the, you got the SWAT team guys come out. Some guys approach the building. Other guys stay back. And um, I was a little confused by that. But, but they, you know, some guys stay back. And uh, then one guy, one, one tactical officer was walking up and tells the guy who's videoing, hey, you need to leave, buddy. And he goes, I'm a journalist. He goes, I don't care. Get out of here. <laughs> but, but, I mean, stop and think about that for a second. That, that is not the place for you to be filming an active shooter situation with a rifle or so. You don't know what's going on. And uh, I just thought, you know, people make very, very poor choices. I mean, that guy was very fortunate because he was, he was actually walking around. He went into the store initially, uh, saw people on the ground, talked to one guy, it was funny because one older gentleman was walking out, and he goes, "Are you okay? Are you are you hurt?" And he goes, "No, I'm fine." And there's a guy dead on the floor right there by him. I mean, and and this gentleman, this older gentleman's just walking out, probably in shock. Mm. Fortunate he didn't get shot. And I'm just watching this guy film all this, and I'm going, "This guy's crazy. He's he's going to walk in and get shot." And uh, but we just. I don't, I don't think people think very clearly anymore about yeah. things like that, you know? Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of common sense. And I also think that, you know, when you bring that camera out and you're filming, you know, on your phone or whatever, it's like a, it's, there's a step between you and reality in your mind. You know what I mean? You're looking at it on a screen. So that he might not have been aware of the danger because he's, I, well, he obviously wasn't because he's walking around, but that's a very dangerous place to be. That's not smart. And, yeah. um, you know, so anyway, all that to say, some information is starting to come out on the shooter. But what I'm amazed at, n- hardly, I haven't seen it anywhere in the mainstream media where they're really talking about uh, anything this guy's background was. Yeah. And now, if he, I'm, and I'm just merely m- making this statement from an from from an argument's perspective of how slanted our media is. Had he been a Trump supporter, it would have been the first thing that they said. But because he was a Trump hater, they don't say anything. Well, they said he was white before any details were known. Simply, But he's because, really not white. Yeah. He's Middle Eastern. But he they was Syrian-born. They said it because they wanted to make a political statement about, oh, you know, p- cops treat white people different than they do black and brown people. Um, and then, you know, so a lot of people had egg on their face after that because that wasn't the case. But just how quick they want to take a tragedy and politicize it. Uh, you know that's alarming for people who are using the you know mainstream media as their only source of news and you know trying to find out what's really going on yeah i um i just i i think you know the people that are in charge of our country right now are going to try to seize on this to limit mm-hmm. uh more freedom yeah <laughs> i think uh they already have yeah. uh what hr8 right that's yeah. that's the one that's about that they already have that in the you know it, in the it, pipeline so yeah they're gonna try to to do that but i i want to take just a moment for us first of all to ask everybody out there to pray for officer eric tally he was the police officer from boulder who was killed mm. he's a father of seven um and he apparently was a devout believer i don't know that Mm. that's what his father said Mm. that's what people around him said uh but uh they said he loved his kids and family and um he um 
he was there and he was the first one in apparently and he died and um, that's a tragedy for that family you know the youngest child i think is seven and um and so we need to remember that family that's the tally family please lift them up officer eric tally um a guy who went into the face of danger he did not run away he did not shrink back he went in there to try and probably save lives by deterring this guy from doing more uh, more of that will probably come out but again just like i said yesterday uh, almost a million police officers somewhere around eight hundred thousand police officers in the country get up every morning thinking you know there's a chance that I couldn't come home today because if you're a police officer, that goes through your mind. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you, a lot of times you dismiss it and you become accustomed to it. But when this happens, you think about it. And he even said he was looking for a job as a drone operator for the police force mm. to get him off the front lines there. Mm. Uh, and yet he was the first one to run in because he heard shots. He knew people were in danger. And so uh, we pray for that family and uh, pray that God would provide comfort for them and that God would uh, provide uh, the provision they need. And uh, the believers that he was associated with would come around them, you know, because that part of the country, there's if you're a believer out there, it's a real deal because not a lot of people pretend to be believers out in mm-hmm. Boulder, Colorado. It's a very liberal area. And, um, so um, just uh, lift up that family, and, uh, you know, it's it's just a, it's a sad time when that happens, uh, something like that. And continue to pray for those victims up in uh, Georgia. There was another thing, too, uh, that struck me, and for all you parents out there, this is uh, your worst nightmare. Your daughter goes away for spring break and ends up dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that happened down in Miami. This girl um, was on spring break, and uh, two men from North Carolina drugged her, raped her, and left her for dead. And uh, that's just tragic. And, you know, that's that's the way of the world. This is is the problem with do whatever you feel. This is everybody do what's right in their own eyes. I'm entitled to do what I want to do, you know, and – it breeds this kind of mentality and it is tragic and it's tragic for that family who lost their daughter. Um, and, uh, it's just, so, you know, all you parents who feel bad about saying no to your mm-hmm. children, don't feel bad. You know, there, there's just, if you look at spring break parties, nothing good really happens there. Yeah. You know, have you, have you seen all these, these photos and all these different things? I mean, there's just, People go away, and there's there's just a it's just one big party atmosphere, and a lot of times the party atmosphere leads to somebody having a bad time, and then this case it ended in death, and it was really sad. Yeah, and you know there was also riots down in Miami of spring breakers because of you know all the pent up uh, you know everything that's been going on lately. So that's another reason to stay away. You're listening to SWAT Radio. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928. 
or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world. That is Rescuer by Ren Collective. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us or you're new to the program, the first segment of the day, we talk a little bit about uh, the news of the day, just what's been going on uh, before we get into the um, passage that we're going to be looking at throughout the week and throughout the day, um, which this week is Acts chapter 4, verses 12 through 31. Um, So I think we're going to head there now. Um, if you are just joining us, we've been looking at Acts and going through it uh, passage by passage, and we have now just got through the first um, persecution of the church, and we're looking at the church's response to that. Yeah, we're in, we're in Acts 4, and uh, like Taylor said, we are working through this verse by verse, and we're actually, uh, today, he's going to read verses 13 through 31. And we're going to look at uh, 13 through 22 uh, specifically uh, about um, the, um, the, the two of the principles that we talked about yesterday. Yesterday, we kind of laid out how we respond to persecution. In fact, last week, we looked at uh, our attitude in responding to persecution as, first of all, we have to trust, um, we have to trust, first of all, in God's plan. Nothing happens to us without going through his sovereign hands. And so if he allows persecution, if he allows something to happen, I was reading uh, this this morning in uh, Jeremiah when the children of Israel were pretty much, they were uh, admonished to be uh, captive to Babylon. And the reason is because they had been disobedient. They had been stubborn. They had been unyielding to the God of all creation who had so many times delivered them and protected them. And and so God says, okay, I'm going to let you go away. And they were in Babylon for 70 years as captives because they had forgot to keep 70 years of Sabbaths. Mm. And so um, he, he got his Sabbaths. God's going to get his due because he's the creator. And um, and so we saw you got to trust his plan last week, and then you got to trust his power. You you cannot go through something like that in your own strength. 
You have to trust in his power. And we saw last week, Peter and John, how they were responding. They weren't fighting their way through it. They were trusting God and speaking truth because they were filled with the spirit. It meant yielded to God and his word. And then third, they have to trust his word and we have to trust his word. And when we start diminishing the authority of God's word in our life, when we start diminishing the validity of God's word and we don't spend time and read it like it's it's important to us, we treat it like any other book, which is what we do a lot. We do not trust his word. We don't treat it like the word that it is. It is God's holy word to us. Sometimes you ought to go back and read Psalm 119 and just think and chew on those words where he talks about his word, his commands, and how important they are. Well, this week we are looking what those attitudes really, how they display themselves in his people as they go through the persecution process, first by being an undeniable witness, that they actually are a witness to God and his power, and it's undeniable. Uh, and, and, and the thing is, it doesn't matter if you die in the process. If you die holding to the faith in the Most High God, then God wins because it shows that you're, you're, you're loyal to him and, and you, you understand that it's not about here and now. It's about eternity with him. That's why Paul could write, these are light and momentary afflictions that are far outweighed by what awaits us on the other side. So first, you're an undeniable witness. Second, you're an uncompromising warrior. Two words there. You don't compromise God's truth. And you're a warrior. You have a warrior mindset. We're going to look at those two things today. And third, you're an unstoppable worshiper, prayer. Uh, They come right out of this uh, ordeal with the leaders of being persecuted, and they go right back to praying for more boldness and worshiping God. And then fourth, the unintimidated workers. Um, They were bold. They were strong and courageous. And they went right back to doing what they knew they should be doing. One of the problems with the American church is, as far as being an unintimidated worker, one, we're intimidated, and two, we're not working. Hmm. You can't be a worker if you're not working. And working, it means that you're working for him. Yes, you do all your work for him. It doesn't mean that you've got to carry a 20-pound Bible around Hmm. and do everything, but it means that your job, wherever he places you, is merely the mission field where he's called you to be for him. And if you're not sharing the gospel with people, if you're not discipling people, you really got to ask yourself, am I being obedient? So uh, we're going we're gonna to look at verses 13 through 31. And just as a context, Peter had healed a man who had been lame for 40 years. Uh, the same kind of miracle D- Jesus did back in the gospel of John, Peter's doing here because he represents Jesus of Nazareth. His message is, Jesus of Nazareth is Messiah. You've rejected him. You need to repent. This healing of the man was kind of the introduction to his sermon. The main body was, you killed him. You rejected Messiah in front of Pilate, and they began to be persecuted because of that. That was the religious leader's response, rejection and persecution. But 5,000 men responded positively they were god's sheep they responded with repentance and faith 
But the church, if it's growing, is always going to be a threat to false religious teachers. And the threat of death always keeps false believers away. That's why in China, in Iraq, in Iran, the Middle East, uh, you know, Korea, North Korea, India, you know, the threat of persecution and death purifies the church here. Nobody's wanting to be a believer just to be a believer like they are here. Right. They're, we don't suffer with that. But we saw yesterday, we talked about James 1, when uh, James writes that, you know what, brothers, the testing of your faith does what? It, it brings it brings uh, perseverance. And so he says, count it all joy, because a tested faith is an assuring thing. And that's why a lot of people struggle with assurance. They they have an untested faith. And so as we walk through different persecutions and they're coming, we need to keep in mind those. And today, like I said, we're going to just look. Actually, I'm just going to have you read verses 13 through 22 today. And in those verses, we're going to look at, first of all, 13 through 16, an undeniable witness, and 17 through 22, an uncompromising warrior. So, All right. Um Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had uh, commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a noble sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may be spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. And so we see in Peter and John this boldness that they saw. And it says they perceived that they were uneducated and common. What that means is that they had no professional training. And for most people in America, we believe that to be a witness for Jesus, you really have to have professional training. It's really the mm-hmm. pastor's job, the, the the ministry leader's job, the Bible study leaders. It, I, I'm not ready yet. And what do you have to do to be a witness as a beggar? Let's say you're a homeless guy. And you think they have to be trained to tell the other homeless people where the food is mm-hmm. and the, the, there's, there's some free food? No. Nope. Why? Because they know the importance of it and it's not hard to do and they've tasted it right yeah. mm-hmm. that's a big part of it they've tasted it they they've experienced it and that's what a witness does a witness can only tell what they've experienced mm-hmm. and so these were uneducated they were unprofessionally trained men who were captivating not just a few 5000 men today in this passage prior to that a few days earlier 3000 people mm-hmm. So now you've got almost 10,000 people, probably some estimates 10 to 15,000 uh, people, and the religious leaders are losing it because they're going, whoa, this, this Jesus we killed 
And we said as a false blasphemer, his followers are bold now. They're not scattered. And they're actually preaching that the way they heal this guy is by the power of the name of Jesus of Nazareth, the one we killed. And it says here they recognized and um, they recognized that they had been with Jesus, verse 13. Now, that's an important statement. Do people recognize that you've been with Jesus? I mean, that's a very convicting question because um, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 2, 14, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing, to one a fragrance from death to death, to the other a fragrance from life to life. And what he's talking about there, when he talks about a triumphal procession, whenever an emperor would be coronated or have a victory, they would have a triumph, which was a parade. Mm -hmm. And people would go and they would break open perfume bottles that would have the emperor's smell. And you can tell when there was a big triumphal procession of the emperor because that smell would be on people that were a part of it, right? So Paul's saying uh, for those who are close to Christ, those who represent him, those who've been with him, they will have that aroma. We have that aroma, Paul says. And that's what they mean. They recognize they had been with Jesus. These, they're doing the same things he did, saying the same things he did. And when we come back, I, I want to bring out how that impacted even the man they healed because he didn't leave them. So we'll get into that when we come back from the break. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. Uh, we'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, as well as all of you listening here locally, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in Folkestone, Georgia. Or no, that's in St. Augustine, right? And 91.3? 91.3 is up in Folkestone, Georgia. I got them mixed up. See, that's why I need my 91.9 in St. Augustine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so stick with us. We'll be back with more after the news. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. SWAT Radio. That was All My Hope by David Crowder. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 4, verses 13 through uh, 22 this uh, today, and this week we're looking at uh, verses 13 through 31, uh, talking about uh, boldness, and we're looking at how Peter and John responded to uh, the first persecution of the church. Yeah, and we were talking about the the, the fragrance of being with Jesus. Mm-hmm rubbing off on you 
And because it said they recognized they had been with Jesus. And I read from 2 Corinthians 2.14, and I love what Alexander McLaren says. He says, a soul that is habitually in contact with Jesus will imbibe a sweetness from him. Just as garments laid away in a drawer with some others that have perfume on them absorb the fragrance from that which they are set beside. Mm -hmm. I mean, so that's the picture there. And they recognized they had been with Jesus. These men had an undeniable witness. They saw the man, it says, who was healed standing beside them. It was so attractive to this man. He knew that he could be desynagogued because they had put the word out, if you follow Jesus, and they knew these men followed Jesus because they were proclaiming by the power of, of Jesus, mm-hmm. he said, silver or gold I don't have, but I do have this in the name of Jesus, get up and walk, Jesus of Nazareth. So he knew who they represented. He didn't care. It was so sweet he was willing to hang with them and not leave them. And I, I just think that, that, that there was undeniable proof. Here was the man who was healed in the power of Jesus' name, and notice that the, the leaders there did not attempt to discredit their witness to the resurrection. Mm. They, they didn't yeah. do anything to try to discredit that, even though they knew that was the main point of their message. Mm-hmm. All they did was say, hey, um, we, we got to get them not to talk. Yeah. They didn't try to discredit what they were saying. Now, why is that? You, you got to wonder about that because – all they could have done is said they're lying. These men stole the body. They could have made a whole bunch of different allegations, but they did not. They said, hey, you just need to stop. You can't talk about this anymore. Uh, but I love their response. And in their response, we not only see a undeniable witness, but we see an uncompromising warrior in verse 17. It says, But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them not to speak anymore in his name. So they called them and told them, don't speak anymore. But Peter and John said this, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than God, you judge. For we cannot but speak of what we've seen and heard. In other words, we're willing to take whatever consequences come upon us because we have to testify to Jesus Christ being the only way by which people are saved, which was, by the way, what the message was last week. Remember, there's salvation in no one else. There's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And, you know, I talk to people all the time, Taylor, who represent Jesus, who go to churches that would consider, you might consider an evangelical church whatever that means. Um, I think people use that term to define people that really have a a grip on the gospel, but there are people that go to evangelical churches that believe there's many ways to God (laughs) and that Jesus is not the only way. Wow. And, 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 and that's just, um, you know, it's, it's very clear. Paul said in Galatians, if anybody teaches another gospel other than this one, let them be accursed, Mm. let them go to hell. That's Mm -hmm. what he's saying. That's exactly what Paul is saying there. And so 
these men were uncompromising warriors. They knew they were in a battle. They knew that God had called them to do this, and the consequences did not matter. They were on mission. And so I think of uh, 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 Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel 3, uh, also known in their Hebrew name by their Hebrew names, Hananiah, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. In Daniel 3, they were told to worship the statue of Nebuchadnezzar or face being thrown into a fiery furnace, a fiery pit. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar came to them and said, hey, all you got to do right now is when you hear the music, just bow down and worship this statue. And I love their response over in 316. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, first of all, you didn't refer to the king like that. Mm. But they said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't even have to give you a response. I mean, can you imagine saying that to the guy that can kill you instantly? Like, have you thrown into jail? But they didn't care. They were warriors. They knew who their God was, and they knew that they could trust that God with whatever that God took them through. And they knew that King Nebuchadnezzar was nothing compared to the God they served. And so they go, we'll never bow down and worship. Our God will deliver us. And that's where a lot of people stop. I'm trusting in God. I'm trusting with God. He's going to deliver me. But they forget verse 18. But even if he does not, we will never bow down. We're not going to bow down to the idols of this world. What idols are you bowing down to right now? Maybe you're bowing down to an idol of uh, money. Maybe you're bowing down to an idol of family. Maybe you're bowing down to an idol of, uh, you know, just you. Maybe you're your own idol. And, And the enemy has so convinced you that you need to do something or you got to do something to please that idol. And that's what Nebuchadnezzar said. You do this or this will happen. And we don't trust in the one true living God, the one true living God that can provide, that can take five loaves and two fish and feed, you know, five to 15,000 people. Mm -hmm. The same God who can call to a storm on a, a stormy sea and let it be quiet just because he spoke it. The same God that can say, Lazarus, come forth and can take a guy who had been dead for four days, completely regenerate his eyes and everything that had stopped working for four days. That's the God we serve. And that God is a God worth being uncompromising about. The God that can do those kind of things. Whether it's right in the sight of God, you have to judge. I'm willing to take the consequences. I think even of 1 Kings 18, Elijah, when he's going up against all the prophets of Baal. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go back to that passage, you know, here he is going up against 400 plus prophets they just by sheer numbers could overwhelm him and beat him to death for dis, you know, for disrespecting their God, Baal and Asherah. But no, he didn't care. In fact, he actually taunted them. Yeah. He said, maybe your God's relieving himself. You need to go check on him. Maybe you need to cut yourself. Maybe you need to increase the volume of your prayers. He doesn't hear you. Oh, and by the way, go ahead and douse the wood with water because my God, he can do anything. Now that's Amats, yeah. which is courage in Hebrew. And, you know, he Elijah was a man who had courage at that moment. Now, just to be fair, too, Elijah then runs from Jezebel. Mm-hmm. So 
even these people like, you know, Daniel and other people, you know, they were men who at times, like Gideon, Gideon took 300 men against 100,000 and, and defeated them. But he waffled at times, too. So we can't do any of this in our own strength. We've got to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, over in Acts chapter 5, you're going to see these men, after they're released here, you're going to see them go through this again, only the next time they're going to get beaten. And it just continually increases the intensity to eventually all of them die. They all die a martyr's death except for John. Mm -hmm. And even John, where they said, was boiled, uh, even though it didn't kill him. And so Paul over in Acts 20 says, I don't count my life of any value nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. You see, we're all expendable for the mission. And the mission is to testify that Jesus of Nazareth is the only way to God the Father. And Paul later wrote in Galatians 6, I bear on my body the marks of Christ. Most of us have no marks. Mm-hmm. We don't have any marks for testifying for Christ. We, we, at, the, at the least little uh, persecution, the least little resistance, we withdraw because we're afraid. Right. We're not bold. We need to be bold, which is Kazakh, and we need to have courage, Amats, and only be strong and take courage as Rock, Kazakh, Amats. That's, that's what we need. We really need that that battle cry. It was an Israeli battle cry to rock Kazakh, only be strong. And God's calling his people right now to be strong. So if you're out there and you're struggling, get on your knees, cry out to the one true living God, ask him to give you courage, Kazakh. Ask him to give you, I'm sorry, uh, be strong. Ask him to help you be strong, which is Kazakh. And ask him to give you courage, which is a motz. And um, and he will. It's like, you know, we're having this discipleship thing tonight. Mm-hmm. I asked God for 40 men to come that would be willing to be trained tonight. We got 97 men coming tonight. I mean, and, and that people go, well, God doubled your prayer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, he did. and uh, But he did that because you ask for the things that God wants your 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 in alignment with what he's you know what he's wanting to do yeah when when people go well god doesn't answer my prayer a lot of times the things you're praying aren't in alignment with his will Mm -hmm. that's what james says you don't get because when you ask you ask with a bad motive you're not asking for the things god wants you're asking for what you want even our prayers are so self-centered and self-focused and what we're going to get into tomorrow we're not going to do it today is that we're not only to be an undeniable witness and an uncompromising warrior, but we're supposed to be an unstoppable worshiper prayers. And they start their prayers by praising God. And we're going to look at that tomorrow. But um, if people want to call in and just chat about anything we've talked about, uh, this last segment would be a great time to do that. Yes, it would. And you can call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. We'll stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. 
If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong. At the end of the line, we'll all be other not quite. We'll all and never get it right. But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just that is casting crowns with nobody. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 4, uh, verses 13 through 31 this week. Uh, today we're focusing on 13 through 22. If you would like to join the discussion or if you have any questions about what we've talked about, even anything in the first segment where we talked a little bit about the news, you can call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. You know, Doug, right before the break, you were talking about, um, you know, praying to God for 40 men to come for discipleship, and then instead 97 are coming. Uh, and it, it for and since we were talking about Elijah, it also it kind of reminded me of when God told Elijah, you know, that there's when he said he's the only one, and God said there's still 5,000 others who haven't. Seven thousand. Seven thousand, yeah. Seven thousand others. Isn't yeah. that crazy? And it just, it, it was a good reminder that, you know, it, we see what's going on in the culture and stuff and think, man, the church isn't, isn't, you know, willing to do anything, but yet there's still people who are ready to get discipled. And there, there are, there are people who are ready and, you know, there are people who want to stand for Christ and people who want to learn and uh, grow and be followers of Jesus and they want to be undeniable witnesses and uncompromising warriors. And our call, our call from God is as we walk through any persecution, I was just thinking about this baker you were talking about earlier with me, uh, that here's the same guy who's was charged because he didn't want to bake a cake. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to decorate a cake uh, for a gay wedding. Mm-hmm. Now was Somebody baited him probably into a transgender cake. Yep. And he didn't want to do that. And he's being told he's got to do it. But that goes back to that guy in Canada yesterday uh, who was told by a judge he had to affirm his child's Mm -hmm. desire to have gender dysphoria because that's what it is. His child was born a 
female wanted to be a male, and the judge ordered this man in Canada to a firm. But the, the reason they were there in the first place in the courtroom is the child was seeking with the help of others. Uh, I don't know who the others are, but they were seeking with the help of others to force the father to allow testosterone to be given to this young teenager. And so the 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 father's going, no, I'm not going to do this. And so they had to go to court because they ended up bringing it to court. And in the courtroom, the judge said, this is hateful, what you're doing to this child. If you do not affirm this child right now in my presence, I'm going to hold you in contempt. That's what happened. And the, the father was thrown in jail. Now, if you think that's too far removed from here, you better open your eyes mm-hmm. because things are happening in this country, the the Equality Act and other things that are coming. And, and the very fact that th- this baker, listen, the baker's not saying they won't sell him a cake. He's just saying, I am not going to decorate this cake this yeah. way because I don't agree with that. In the same way that if you were an artist and somebody wanted you to come paint a homosexual couple or a transgender, you know, transition or something, you could say, no, I don't want to do that. That's if you're a believer, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do anything to affirm that. Yeah. I mean, that, that is just crazy that that's where we are as a culture. Yeah. And it's, it's more than a, you are in in essence saying that you need to work and use your labor, your time, for me in the way that I want you to do it. And, and when you're talking about the baker, he doesn't even bake Halloween cakes because he sees that as of the devil. And we would say that's ridiculous to try to compel him to bake a Halloween cake. And yet we want to compel him to, you know, use his time and use his talent to do something that's against his code of ethics. And that's- well, and he, and listen, as believers, we should not be silent about what we believe. Yeah. About God and the gospel and his word. And, you know, what? what's happening is they're trying to coerce believers to not espouse biblical values. And, and what they'll do is they'll say, you know, you can have those convictions in the privacy of your own home. You know, and so people who say, well, you know, um, you know, it's not a church that this is happening to and churches should have, you know, freedom of religion. But if you are a Christian who's working in a certain area. And now they're saying, uh, well, you can't espouse your beliefs. You can't even, uh, be silent about your beliefs. You must affirm these things that are against where you're at. I mean, you've got to stand up to that. Yeah. Peter says in first Peter that we are to honor Christ. The Lord as holy Mm. as holy always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for a reason for the hope that's in us. We are to do it with gentleness and respect, but nevertheless, we are to be vocal. Mm-hmm. We are not to be silent. The The whole idea of us being silent um, was not applicable to Peter and John here. Yeah. I mean, they weren't silent. They, you killed Jesus mm-hmm. of Nazareth. You rejected the one that you were supposed to testify to. Um, and even when, you know, the, the Sanhedrin said, well, just don't talk about Jesus anymore. And they say, well, whether we should uh, uh, obey, obey you or we should obey a God, obey God, we will let you be the judge, which is like a, 
oh, oh, really? You know, they they didn't say, oh, okay, yeah, we won't do that, and then go and do it anyway. They were they told them right there, yeah, we're we're not listening to you. Yeah, and for that. people who who believe that, well, you know, if they want to be homosexual as believers, we don't have a right to say anything to them. Uh, it's not our place. Can I remind you who did Jesus say was the greatest man who ever lived prior to him? John the Baptist. You know what John said to Herod? It's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. He called him out. Mm -hmm. He told him the truth. And why did he do that? Because it's loving to tell people the truth. It's not loving to ignore when people live in rebellion to God and his values. Now, that doesn't mean that you necessarily have to be out on a street corner and, and be, you know, holding up a hateful sign. You don't want to be hateful about it. But you do want to be truthful with people and not stick your head in the sand and be silent. And so Jesus said in this world, we're going to have tribulation, but I've overcome the world. And and he said, if they hated me in John 15, they're going to hate you because you they hated me first. Um, you, you know, you know who Thomas Watson is, the Puritan. Mm. Um, he said. Uh, in a book called the art of divine contentment a christian is a military person what have we been mm. saying you're a warrior mm -hmm. he fights the lord's battles he is christ ensign bearer now what thought he endures hard fate and the bullets fly about he fights for a crown i mean our battle is spiritual second corinthians 10 4 is our our mantra and swat you know the weapons of our warfare not of this world we don't fight against the physical we fight against the spiritual and satan puppeteers people all around to try to hurt christians satan hates messiah he hates his followers and um paul when he wrote to the philippians he said it has been granted to you that for the sake of christ you suffer so if we're not suffering for him, are we really following him? Are we? Um, I don't think we like to think about suffering, and we do everything we can to avoid it. But in the military, when I was going in the Marine Corps, they prepared me for suffering. Mm -hmm. Why? Because going through basic was some of the most brutal stuff I ever – I lost 30 pounds, man, mm -hmm. going through that. It was – I wanted to quit so many times. They broke everybody there in training. Uh, that, that was their job. And so, you know, as believers, we have this idea that we're on a cruise ship and not a battleship. And we've got to get away from that. We're not in garrison, like I said yesterday. We are on active duty in the middle of the battle every day when we wake up. So if that's not been our, mal our attitude, the first thing we need to do is repent. We need to say, Lord, forgive me for not being aware that my enemies are right out there, or my enemy, Satan, is trying to hurt you, hurt your message, hurt my witness. Forgive me for not being more aware of that. Second, we need to ask God to give us Rock Kazakh Amats which is only strong, only be strong and courageous. Ask God to help us to be strong and courageous because the intensity here in America is going to continue to increase. Yeah, I think we've reached a tipping point that I don't know that we're going to come back. So yeah. I hope 
that if you're out there listening and you're going, well, you know, uh, Doug, I, I think uh, you're taking it a little too far. No, we are warriors. There's a growing voice of people that say, no, we shouldn't use that military mindset. No, Peter and John were uncompromising warriors. Mm-hmm. They knew. Now, they didn't go to fight physically. They fought spiritually. And where do you do that main part of that fighting is on your knees. And that's why we're going to look at tomorrow. Uh, they were unstoppable worshiper prayers. And we're going to look at that in verses 23 through 30 tomorrow and see how their prayers, what it looked like for them to pray, started with praise and then the need. It wasn't just give me, give me, give me, Lord, or do this, do this. It was the praising of the one true living God. So I hope if you're listening out there and you don't know the one true living God, that you have not surrendered your heart to Jesus, that you will not let another day go by without acknowledging your need for him and the fact that apart from Jesus of Nazareth, there's no hope for you and cry out to him. He'll show you exactly what you need. He'll bring people into your life. He just wants you to reach out to him. So, All right. And uh, tonight at 530 is it still if people want to well none oh, well we're 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 done we're, we're done we can't All take right. any more tonight I but know. but i will be publishing it online for people to look at this training this swap training all right so if you haven't uh got didn't get signed up make sure you're on the lookout for yeah, that um all right you have been listening to swat radio if you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs please visit us at www.swatradio.com that's www.swatradio.com or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, um, or you can uh, download the our SWAT app in the App Store. I want to remind you that Just Thinking Podcast, uh, we, will, we will have them on on Thursday, so make sure that you tune in for that. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, Virgil and Daryl Harrison, I can't wait. They're, they're really good. They're theologically sound, and uh, they have a good handle on critical theory. Yeah, you definitely want to make sure you listen to that because there's a lot of confusion on that front in the church. That'll be 3 o'clock Thursday. Join us 3 o'clock every day of the week, and we will see you tomorrow. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual